Hey, this is John from pureandsimplebible.com. Thankful once again for your presence and for the time that we have together. We are wrapping up a great conversation with Brother Bradley Ballard from 1 Corinthians 9 called By All Means. We've talked about it some already. We're going to jump right back into it now to finish up this conversation. Let's go. In conversations between our podcast recording, you mentioned the, the, the answer, I can't. Um, you know, when, when you are asking someone or when the Lord is asking someone, uh, here is this opportunity, here is your ability, et cetera. And the response is, I can't, uh, you have a follow-up for a follow-up question for them. I'm wondering if you'd like to briefly elaborate on that. And then, uh, you have, I think we should take a moment not only to elaborate on those who can't for their own reasons, but you also have encountered people who had legitimate reasons and their I can't. And mm-hmm. so we can we can lift up others as well and not just lump mm-hmm. everyone into one into the other. Sure. But if I were to say, Bradley, I can't, how would you respond to that? Well, I could ask it a couple of different ways. I could say why, but people tend to say that's a very personal thing. And, <laughs> you know, you know, they, they might get offended if you say why. Right. Um, but my, I guess my admonition to people, even for themselves, not just in response to others, but when you are personally thinking about this and you say, well, I just, I just don't think I can, or I can't do that. My admonition is to finish that thought. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, by saying, you know, finish that thought or finish that sentence is say, I can't because right. we tend to think of can't as, uh, something that's restraining us and a lack of right. ability. But what it really comes down to, it's an equation. I can't do this if I'm going to continue striving after a specific goal. Right. Because, in fact, you could. You can quit a job. You can. You know, I I was actually thinking about this example earlier, but, um, you know, we've got this one person that's come to some of our classes, and sometimes she's late and she says, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't get out because of my son. In a very, very seemingly callous way, it's possible to say, well, you could. You could neglect your responsibilities as a parent, but you're not going to because <laughs> right. that's your duty and that's right. your job. And we all understand that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still a matter of choice. You are choosing something that is, mm-hmm. in your mind and in many people's minds, worthy and worth sacrificing. You know, it's worth being late to a class to take care of your family. Let's so, let oh go ahead. Well, and so that's an example of something that's totally understandable. But it's also fair and important, I think, to recognize that if you say can't, you need to know what it is you're saying. Right. You know, what it is that your your goal or your um, priority is that you're you're aiming for. Of which there are legitimate goals and Absolutely. priorities that keep certain people out of uh, that sort of evangelistic field mm-hmm. going to other countries. You know, everyone's circumstance is different. And some people might have very few commitments, but some people might be very committed to serving mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, I said yesterday, whenever we were talking at, you know, I said earlier, whenever we were talking, that I hope the message I was sharing came across to some people like, get off your, you know, seat, get up and do something to the people who needed to hear that. And then to the people who needed to be encouraged to continue doing what you're doing, I hope they got that. Mm-hmm. Because I believe we have 
you know, the Bible says that love thinks no evil. I'm, I don't want to judge anyone. Right. I want to think the best of all and to assume and presume that people are serving to the fullest of their potential. But we also read in Scripture that that's not necessarily true. And so my admonition is for those who need to be motivated to do more and serve in, in perhaps new ways or at least more, uh, will do so. I'm going to give you an example of an I can't. And we're kind of going down a, a, an I can't tangent. <laughs> oh, but we can. We can go down this tangent. <laughs> uh, it's one that I heard frequently about our when our time in Cambodia. We heard it a lot before we went. We heard it a lot when we were back on a visit and then when we moved home. And it was just simply explaining the way that people live around the world, how it's different than uh, people in America live. I never realized how valuable air conditioning was until I lived in a place without air conditioning. And um, in Cambodia, in, in our house, we had an air conditioner in our bedroom. Uh-huh. And so at night, we were able to be in a nice, cool room to go sleep. And you know what? The vast majority of Cambodians did not have yeah, that privilege. Yeah. I recognize that special gift that we had. But during the day, you know, the rest of our house was not air conditioned. And so if it was 100 degrees outside, it's probably close to 100 degrees in the house. We had fans, mm-hmm. you know. As long as air is moving, we learn to adapt to that. Yeah. You learn to be sweaty. You learn to be whatever. Uh, but we had so many people when we would say that, you know, Marissa had to cook in a with the, oh, the yeah. temperature <laughs> gauge right there in the kitchen. You know, Marissa's cooking in 116, 120 degree, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the metal roofs, et cetera. The most common thing we heard was, oh, I could never do that. I could yeah. never live with that air conditioning. I could, you know, this or that. And I always thought, but as a people, as humanity, we did that for thousands of years up until, you know, however many, 175 years ago when air conditioning was invented. How soft are we that we would say no because of air conditioning? Based on the convenience. Yeah. Now, that's one example. And I really think that it was more of a conversational I can't than, a, oh, I legitimately can't. Kind of like what you just said. Um is somebody's reason for not answering that call because of convenience or is it because of legitimate works, concerns, families, relationships? These are questions people have to ask themselves mm-hmm. and they need to be honest and not mm-hmm. make excuses for yeah. things that are just convenient. I can't help but think, you know, there are people that are suited to the type of work we're doing and would be just incredible companions in that work and would do amazing things, but uh, they're choosing not to. And some of them are choosing, at least from what they've explained to me, are choosing for reasons that are absolutely understandable. I'll say this. uh, I've made two trips back to Cambodia since I've moved home to the States. I've taken people with me both times who have not uh, thought of themselves as a good fit for foreign works or never thought they might make such trips abroad. And every single one of them did great. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, I think that's a great segue to one of the other things I, I feel is very important in this is that, or that is, we think of our means, I think, are, as a very limited set of tools that we all hold and mm-hmm. possess. And we're restricted to do something that falls within those um, parameters, those confines, you know, the confines of things we already know we're good at. But there are times, and I've I've felt this, definitely seen it in my own experience and that is that when you're willing to answer and go do something that you don't feel good at that you don't feel comfortable doing so back to what we were saying about 
talents we know we have versus things we don't know we're able to do. Right. And um, what I have found in my experience over these last few years, especially, is that even though I did not feel like I was good for a certain job or was not um, uh, experienced in, in this way or that, I still was able to be used right. for the sake of the kingdom through that. Um, and by opening up or by answering these opportunities and by being willing to grow in ways that and sometimes are very, very uncomfortable or, and seem very unnatural, um, I, not only did I grow, but I felt like the, the work of the, you know, the church was able to continue through me more than I would have expected in that way. Right. And uh, it makes me think about what Paul says about uh, glorying in his infirmities. He's not proud of not being able to do something, but he is saying that because of my weaknesses, God is able to shine even more because he's using a blunt tool. <laughs> you know, right. you know, if you look at, uh, if you see that, you know, a painting or a work of art or something, and you realize that person was, you know, they're missing some fingers or they only had one paintbrush to use or they were using, <laughs> you know, garbage paint, something, and you've got this masterpiece, then it makes you appreciate their skill so much more. And because of Paul's infirmities, he said God was able to, you know, I, God was able to be glorified through my infirmities. Right. And so we don't rejoice in being uh, unable to do something, but we rejoice in God's ability to work through us despite our um, lack of ability. Tell me the first few words that pop into your mind when I say Moses. Moses. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I was reading that story a few months ago, and I, I just felt some incredible, I don't know if parallels is the right word, but I felt like I was being written to or kind of slapped in the face uh, by some of the things I was writing because, you know, the Bible says about him that he was a humble man. You know, we think about this mighty man of God, but it says right. he was the most humble man. Right, most humble man. What else, you know, he accomplished? Oh, incredible things. Right. He he, uh, was, he was God's hand to deliver his people, you mm -hmm. know, carry them to the Red Sea, performed his miracles in Egypt, and um, had to govern had to govern them all the way right. through, you know. Right. And so... But then way back in the beginning, in Exodus 3 and 4, when in there at the burning bush and God is appearing to Moses... Uh, four times, hmm. Moses Moses basically says, "I'm not the one <laughs> for this job," and he does everything he can yeah. to give it back to God. Or, or do you want me? To... Yeah, why don't you just read it? Okay. Read read me the first excuse. Okay, uh, the first excuse. But Moses said to God, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt?" Right. So we have the first excuse of just his character, uh -huh. like. I'm I'm not good enough. And after God answers that, which he does very uh -huh. well, what does he say next? Next he says, Indeed, when I am come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? So he doesn't he's claiming he doesn't know enough. I mm -hmm. I somebody else is gonna know you better than mm -hmm. I do. What's next? Okay, next is down in chapter four, he says, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So here's Moses' excuse of, well, what happens when it goes wrong and I do everything right and they don't, you know, they don't believe in what I have to say. And uh, the fourth one is about his uh, talent he, specifically. Yeah, I'm right? not eloquent, he says. Right. And so God is so fine. I'll get your brother to be your mouthpiece. And and, and even after those four. He says, send someone yeah. else, please. <laughs> 
And the Lord is angry with him because he's answered all of his questions. He hasn't promised Moses to be more than he is. Like he's still going to be inadequate, still going to be a bad speaker, still not going to know everything about God or have his own life figured out. But God's saying, don't worry about those things. Mm. We're going to accomplish wonders. And one of the reasons this was such a, a, a big encouragement to me is looking at those answers, the excuses and the answers. Every time Moses says, but I, 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 <laughs> and God says, no, me. Yeah. And you yeah. know, he says, I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. And so as embarrassing as it can be, the things we don't know, um, and as scary as it can be, it all comes back to our own, you know, fear. Of, but I, I don't know. I can't. Right. And so, um, God is saying, but I can. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like Exodus three and four. I think it fits in very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring us back to First Corinthians nine. It's amazing how long two guys can talk about <laughs> a, a Bible verse in between reading it. But we've read at the very beginning, 1 Corinthians 9, verse uh, 19 through 23. And I just want to read the very last little section on this and, and make a comment. Um, and while I turn there, I'll say that it's really easy for two guys to sit and talk about this a lot because uh, of our experience over the past few years together. Mm-hmm. And when you have given up some of your life to, to live in another place and share the gospel with others, by any means... Uh, becomes a very valuable phrase for you it did for me Mm -hmm. i know it does for you as well but kind of the motivation behind it you know it's not about me why not because the bible says in verse uh, 22 to the weak i became the weak so this is the last of those people groups so that i could win weak people i have become almost anything for the good of everyone so that i could save some of them in some way, or that I by all means could save some. So there's its outcome. Anytime we have an excuse, our rationale whenever we're struggling should be, but why? Why would I do this for mm-hmm. myself versus giving it up mm-hmm. so that I could save some? Yeah, we, we talk about a means to an end, and Paul's means is determined by the end. Right. That end is saving some. I want to I want to go to heaven, but I want others to go to heaven, and so I need to live my life for others since I've been given that gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think your list about um, circumstances, talents, opportunities, um, what are the means that we have? Those of us who were raised in a Western country with any sort of uh, compulsory education system, uh, value system, et cetera, circumstances we've been given are a lot oh man a lot yeah Yeah. i know the word privilege is kind of thrown around it's kind of a toxic word at the moment depending Mm -hmm. on who's using it or how it's being said so i'm just gonna say it for myself the privilege that i have been given to live in this country when the opportunity is present makes me feel very humbled humbled that if i didn't do anything with them then i would be held accountable Mm -hmm. like the man who had one talent and hit oh, it man, yeah. and didn't use it. Mm-hmm. Let's go that direction. As our final point, um, you, you have a question in your notes, is every field the same? And I think you're getting there maybe from that connection of the parable of the talents. There was the guy that went out and just dug a hole in the field and buried his talent, didn't mm-hmm. use it. Um, 
when he should have. And then connecting that field analogy to the fields that Jesus talked about that uh, we plant the seed in, and we're going to use our talents to do that. The question is, is every field the same, and do we just use that uh, same means every time in the same way, etc.? Talk about that for a little bit. You can, you know, I've got a whole, you heard yesterday a whole lesson on this. And um, if I try to boil it down to just some key points, you know, if we look on the, take any two set of seed packets that we get from the hardware store, we're going to see probably a lot of similarity in how you treat those, but they're also going to see a few differences. Right. But there are some situations where you see some huge differences. You know, something, um, a soil type or a watering method or a fertilizer, something that could be very, very beneficial to one of those seeds Mm -hmm. could be actually harmful to another. And uh, for example, you know, in this part of the world, in this culture, we have corn and we have wheat as, you know, staples in our diets um, and they're grown in huge quantities. And, uh, you know, it's down to a science, Mm -hmm. you know, how they do that. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were to go, you know, to Cambodia uh, in particular, where there's such a huge rice culture, you know, every meal, every day for a lot of people. Um, you just see these swaths of land swaths of land that seem almost endless, and they look like these big pools of water, and that's exactly what they are. Uh-huh. And rice is growing in that in such incredible abundance because that's exactly what it needs. But if you, if you planted wheat in there... You would have a huge mess of dead stuff on your hands. Yeah. Cr- cream of wheat. <laughs> yeah. A one-time cream of wheat soup. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so in one, on one hand, what's good for uh, one type of plant can be very detrimental to another. But when you flip that and you think about yourself and how you serve, you might think, I can't do anything. I don't have the talents that are necessary to serve the Lord in this place. Maybe not, but they might be perfect for serving elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And that when we talk about, you know, the conditions, you know, for planting, um, you know, the parable of the sower in the New Testament uh, makes it very clear. It's very straightforward the way Christ explains it about how the seed is the word of God and the soils are the hearts of men. And the hearts of men, even though we're all men and womankind around the world are similar in some ways, we're also different based on what we've been taught to think and expect. Right. And your approach to people, your way of studying, your way of sharing, your way of thinking might be absolutely what someone needs elsewhere. And so my encouragement in all this, uh, you know, we are looking for companions over there in that work. And I see every day why Christ sent, you know, um, people out two by two and why that's the, the scriptural pattern laid out in the New Testament. But I also see um, the power of the word. So regardless of whether someone comes over there to help us or not, um, I see the power of the word working in the hearts of the people over there. And so um, my hope is that people will consider, even if they're not thinking about coming, going to a foreign country to serve, that they will consider themselves, the opportunities that they have, the tools they have at their disposal where they are, and try to grow in those ways and serve in whatever field they're in. Because not everyone is going to have the chance to go over and be a rice farmer. Mm. Maybe you're... Maybe you're born to be a wheat farmer, Mm -hmm. but you better do the best you can with what you got. Okay. 
Well, brother, I'm thankful for this opportunity that we've had. Good conversation. Wondering if you have a final word you'd like to share before uh, we wrap this up. It's been an incredible blessing to be able to come home and see dear ones. You know, that's a our families, our friends, people that we miss. Um, it's such a treat and a huge blessing to get to see them and spend this time with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the time that we've spent laboring together um, makes this time very, very special for me. So I'm grateful for the invite and for the time we've been able to share together. Well, thank you, brother. If somebody wanted to contact you directly, maybe with uh, if they wanted to pray for you and wanted to reach out or encourage you or just to talk because they're interested in this work, how could they contact you? Well, they can email me and uh, do I just share my email. If you if yeah. you're comfortable sure. with that. Um, they can email me. Uh, my email is bradball01 at gmail.com. Uh, and I also have a newsletter I put out every month for those who are interested in reading about our efforts. Um, it's called The Scout because we feel that that's sort of the, the role we've served in this is scouting right. out a new field. And so uh, we call it The Scout. And uh, we've got a year's worth of them out now. And um, uh, we'd be happy to share those with those who are interested in knowing what and who to pray for um, and how the work is progressing. For those of you listening, I'd like to let you know if you're familiar with the website, pureandsimplebible.com. On, under the podcast page, I put these podcasts up as they air and under this one specifically, so if you'll go and find uh, the podcast, By All Means with Bradley Ballard, uh, look for a PDF of The Scout. I'll, ha- I'll try to have a, maybe one, two, or a few of those copies of those PDFs that are available for you to uh, click and download instantly. So hopefully that'll increase some of the awareness of what's going on in South Korea, especially for prayer's sake, and mm-hmm. all, but also for those that who are out there that maybe you just haven't met yet that are listening to this and intrigued by the message, but also maybe convicted by the word to mm. uh, be all means for Christ so that some can be saved. Thank you, brother, for coming on. Absolutely. I'm sure I'm going to have him back on in 2019, if the Lord wills, although it may be with my phone to the microphone so that uh, Bradley, who's living in Pohang, will be able to join uh, sooner rather than later. I always enjoy our conversations together. You can, like Bradley just mentioned in the podcast, email him with questions, with uh, asking for what you can pray about, etc. I'm sure that Bradley would love to engage with you about their work in Pohung, and I hope that this will be good exposure for their work, that others can pray for it, that others can join them. Godspeed, brother, in all that you're doing. You can go to the website, www.pureandsimplebible.com. Please look at those resources. They are meant for you to use, absolutely free, high-quality, downloadable resources so that you can share the gospel with others and grow in your faith as well. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.